Welcome to Training for Godliness, the podcast program of Spiritual Fitness Ministries of Greenwood, South Carolina. I'm Chaplain Gray Stallworth, your host for today's program. It can't be easy for high-profile athletes to resist the temptations that are thrown at them in ways most of us will never understand. The easy thing for them to do is to go along with the crowd. Today's episode, Walk the Walk, features Josh Childs joining me to talk about college athletes facing this challenge in a fast-paced world of college athletics. So, Josh, you've spent some significant time around athletes. Tell us a little bit about your path to your present position at Erskine. Well, I've been a part of athletics my whole life. I come from a family full of athletes, uh, father, uncles, cousins, everybody. I was just surrounded by it since when I came out the womb. When I came out the womb, my, it was my Uncle James uh, that put the basketball in my hand as soon as I came out the womb. And so uh, I began a basketball career in high school that, that was pretty good. I ended up uh, garnering some accolades, uh, being top 100, uh, Nike Camp All-American, did some I played at Greenwood Christian. Uh, then I played at uh, Abbeville High my senior year. Uh, my coach and I, I went to Abbeville High, a guy by the name of F.C. Salem, one of the greatest coaches uh, of all time. And so uh, God bless me. I was fortunate enough to get an athletic scholarship. So uh, I got the opportunity to play Division One basketball. I played Division One basketball at Gardner-Webb University, played there, uh, graduated in four years, had a great career. Uh, one of the best teams in the school's history. We're about five minutes away from the big dance. Uh, I went to Gardner-Webb as we were transitioning into Division I. Uh, okay. And so we have uh, taken major steps uh, since then. And it's, uh, uh, it's, it's, I, I would say it's a, it's a team to be reckoned with in the Big South uh, because it's my school, of course, whether we're, doing, whether, we're, whether we're doing good or whether we're doing bad. I'm always going to build my school up. So played that four years, man. Had a great career. Um, and so after that, I was uh, in limbo whether I wanted to continue to play basketball or if I wanted to immediately get into my profession. Uh, I got a degree in sports management, and so I wanted to coach. Uh, I wanted to stay around the sports arena, didn't really know what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to be connected with basketball. And so uh, after college, uh, I was working a lot of camps, Adidas five-star uh, all of that good stuff, and um, God bless me, I ended up getting a job at Furman University. Got a job under uh, Coach Larry Davis, who's now at uh, Cincinnati. He's the associate head coach there. I worked there for a year with him. Uh, after he left, he left, the whole staff was dispersed. So I took a job back home as the direct, uh, assistant director where I worked for you at the Greenwood YMCA. So I worked for you at the Greenwood YMCA. Uh, and I, I, I started, while I was doing that, I started my personal training business, which I still have now. Uh, it's called Balling Out Loud. Uh, so I started Balling Out Loud, just working uh, with different kids on individual skills, uh, not just with, with working with them on the court but off the court as well, kind of a mentoring program. So I started that when I was at the YMCA with you guys. Uh, and then God opened up another door. I ended up taking a job out in uh, uh, Los Angeles, California, where I coached the AAU ball club, ran an AAU ball club, travel team uh, for about two years. Uh, God brought me back full circle, came back home. I continued to coach uh, basketball, football, because 
football was my first love in all actuality. You know, mm-hmm. Abbeville is, is all about football. And so, That's right. uh, yeah, a lot of people say that I was better at football than I was at basketball. Uh, and I think I was too. The thing is, at Greenwood Christian, they just didn't have a football team, so I couldn't play. So I right. had to, I had to play basketball. And so God brought me back full circle because I knew it was time. Uh, and my parents had felt the, the, the nudging of the Lord that it was time for me to step into my rightful place in the ministry. So I came home, started divinity school, uh, began teaching at Westwood, went to Dixie where I coached basketball and football, Greenwood Christian, uh, and now I'm at Erskine. Uh, I work in student development. My title is student success coach. I'm the team chaplain for the basketball team, and I work with each and every team, uh, just giving them a positive outlook, helping uh, to guide them to become successful. So uh, that's a long, drawn-out story, but that brought me from point A to point B. Uh, and God is going to take me all the way to Z. I don't believe that I've scratched the surface on some things that he wants me to do yet, but I'm excited about what I am doing and where I'm going. Now, you know, so a lot of these memories then, so you've got some athletes that, that uh, you know, you've been around. You've probably got some really good memories. Uh, can you just share one of your favorite memories of some of the folks that you've worked with or been around or maybe it's a mentor? Or, sure, just, sure, give us sure. Give an example sure. of a great memory. Uh, man, I got so many great memories, man. I, I can give you, I, I always said that my coach, my high school coach is like, uh, another father to me. Uh, he, he, he instilled in me a work ethic that I still carry to me, carry with me to, to, to until today. Uh, he would always tell me, Josh, you're pretty good. You're top five in South Carolina. But he said, it's a million of you out there. It's a million. Josh Childs is out there, and that I think that pushed me to work that much harder. I wasn't mm-hmm. the biggest. I was pretty athletic, uh, but I was small. I was I was about five seven. But once again, I was pretty athletic, and you know that's that's really small to play Division One basketball. And I think that that was my that was my uh, uh, that was that's what separated me. Being five five seven five nine, what separated me from everybody else uh, was him telling me that Josh, everybody is out here doing what you're doing. What are you gonna do? extra and it's going that extra mile and what I try to instill in people you got to go the extra mile because anybody can be average you want to be above average I always tell my guys that failure is not an option and mediocrity is not a choice as long as you don't fall into being average and so while other people would go to the movies I would go and shoot jump shots I would go and shoot free throws while the football game was going on outside I would be in the gym running sprints and so it was it was it was coach Sandlin that took me to Gardner Webb where I played under Rich Scruggs. Uh, but the coaches that had the greatest impacts were my assistant coaches. Uh, Chris Holtman, who's now the head coach at Ohio State. Uh, uh, um, uh, Mike Nettie, who's an assistant there. Uh, you got Tim Kraft that's at Gardner Webb. You got Bruce Evans, the guy that recruited me at North Florida. And they will always tell me that hard work beats talent when talent don't work hard. And that's, that's a, right. once again, that's what I always tell anybody that has ever played for me. No, that's what I say day in and day out. I don't care how much talent you have, that you have uh, to have work ethic. But I think along with that, man, I, I've been blessed because all of these uh, coaches and all of these mentors that I had in my life gave me a spiritual peace that I that I that I know it was God ordained for me to have in my life. Uh, because you know when you're young, when you're, uh, you know, you're popular, you're athletic, uh, you, you're kind of straddling the fence. But I thank God for these people because they will always, uh, bring me in. Uh, and God will allow things to happen in your life to humble you. Uh, <laughs> I got an opportunity to play against some of the, some of the best players in the world. Uh, some NBA guys, 
Uh, I remember my sophomore year playing against Georgia Tech, and they had Jared Jack, who's an NBA NBA champion. You got Chris Bosh, who's an NBA champion. And just playing against guys like that, man, that'll totally humble you because you think you, right. you know you're the best from Abbeville, South Carolina. You got this Division One scholarship, <laughs> uh, but these guys are on a whole nother level, man. You know, then the NBA right. for a reason. And so, uh, man, I, I could just give you so many stories, man. But I believe <laughs> it was those mentors that God put in my life uh, to guide me. And when I was on the right path, that they could reel me in and put me back on the right path. And uh, that, that those people that weren't scared to get in my face, those people that, that, that weren't scared to say, Josh, you're better than that. You're bigger than this. Uh, you can do more than that. Uh, you know you weren't raised like that. I, I, a lot of my coaches just reiterated what my mom and dad taught me from uh, from a youth. My mom and dad are both pastors. Uh, and, you know, they often say that they often say that pastors kids are the worst. Uh, and, and I can and I can say I was pretty bad, uh, but I'm thankful unto God for for those mentors that He placed in my life. You know, athletes and their walk of faith, man. When they get to the college campus, you know, and, and you can speak to sure. this now for both personally and for being on that college campus, welcoming those freshmen. It's got to sure. be tough to stay tough. committed to that walk. What are some of the pressures or challenges that these young men and women are facing? in their faith walk while they're competing in college athletics? Sure. I think it's, 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 it's first of all, uh, the biggest thing that they're facing is distractions. Uh, mm-hmm. this, this, this group of millennials, man, they're motivated. They, they, they are motivated. And I mm-hmm. believe that the enemy uh, has strategically set up distractions to get them off course. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. think he has any new. Uh, I don't. I don't think he do, has any new. Uh, it's nothing new under the sun. What the Book of Ecclesiastes right. tell us. Uh, right. And so the same thing that he was doing with us, it's the same thing that he's doing with them. But he's just doing it in a different way. And so now mm-hmm. the, the the distractions are, you know, the opposite sex, or let's just be honest, the same sex. The distractions right. now are. It, it's even technology. Uh, the distractions now, here it is, and I find a lot of kids, because at Erskine, we have a lot of kids that are great on their faith walk. And so what the enemy does is he will get them doing so busy that they can't focus on God, that they won't have any personal time, that they won't have any intimate time. And so the enemy will get you doing, he'll get you on a, on a, on a, on a path and on a track every day where you're doing a whole bunch of good things. But when I when I counsel and when I mentor, I ask them, I say, yeah, all of that is good things, but what have you done that's a God thing? Because it's God right. things in our life that he has required and ordained um, and laid out for us to do. And because we're distracted, we can't do those things that uh, God has for us to do. And so, you know, the biggest distraction from <laughs> from Adam and Eve to now, of course, <laughs> has been relationships. In and out of relationships, and it's not just relationships with uh, people that you're going to be intimate with. It's not understanding how to have a relationship with your professor. Uh, I, I, I say technology is because we use technology for everything. I thank God for Facebook. I thank God for Instagram. But it's taken away our social skills. We no longer know how to communicate face to face. I mean, you've seen it. You'll see a family out to a restaurant and everybody's looking down at their phone. And so even that's part of my position here, helping 
kids learn how to co- communicate or recommunicate again. Uh, it's some kids here that will never go and talk to their professor, that, but they will text them and they will email them, and they have classes with them every day. Why not just right. stop by their offices and talk to them? And so those are some of the distractions. Communication, technology, technology is good, but when you use it in the wrong way. Uh, we still got to remember it's some things that uh, 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 the, the the bases and the foundations of things that we still got to have and we still got to implement into our life. Um, another one of the great distractions uh, is remaining pure. Uh, got a lot of kids here, of course, that uh, and all over the world. I want I don't want to just say here, but we got a lot of kids that have come out, athletes that uh, have vowed to you know uh, stay celibate. Um, until uh, they get married, and, and, and you know, when when your roommate is doing it, when the person right next to your your, your dorm room is doing it, when the person down the hall is doing it, uh, you're asking yourself, "Am I going to be okay if I do it?" Uh, right. So those are all distractions that the enemy has unleashed because he doesn't want our young people to fulfill their purpose. And another thing is, he just does don't want them to understand that they're 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 kings and they're. Uh, royal priest, and he just wants to steal their identity. So, uh, guys, a lot of organizations uh, with student athletes try to help them focus and try to, you know, give them a supportive atmosphere. Sure. How important, you know, whether it's FCA or or how important is it for kids to find uh, the proper organization and to build a little identity, uh, you know, maybe with them? Is that oh, an man. important part of college it, it, life? It's vital. It's vital. It's everything. Because what 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 the issue is, and this is what I tell kids. Uh, I don't know if you know at Erskine, uh, we have a lot of athletes. Like we have more student athletes than we have non-student athletes. And the mm-hmm. thing is, as an athlete, what you usually do is, if I'm on the basketball team, I only hang out with the basketball players. So I don't get right. plugged in with anybody else. I don't get plugged in with any any other organization. And so whatever the basketball players do, that's what I'm going to do. Whatever they're in, right. that's what I'm going to be in and it's vital and it's pivotal for you to get connected with other people so you can see other aspects of life so you can be uh, able to the culture yourself one of my favorite verses is uh, Psalms 127 uh, I think it's 127 and 4 and it talks about uh, like like arrows in the hands of warriors uh, are the children born in one youth uh, we are to sh- these kids are like arrows and that's what a FCA is uh, a FCA one of those organizations you get into the FCA they can shoot you in the right direction. You're like an arrow. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, if you don't get plugged in, you can get shot out anywhere, especially when you're connected with the wrong people because you can be on the basketball team and everybody on your team just be, <laughs> I mean, let's just be honest, just be crazy. And so you're going to yeah. need to plug into other places with other people that are doing the right things at the right time. And so I think that's that's major uh, for your walk, I think is major for your growth. I think it helps you build chemistry with other people. I think it helps you build character with other people. I think it does a little bit of everything for you, man. Uh, I, I can't tell you how many times I have kids in my office and I ask them, uh, what other groups are you plugged into? What are the teams? Do, who else do you hang out with? You can't continue to hang out with people that you're just comfortable with. Uh, it was a guy by the name, one of my mentors, ministerial mentors, Bishop Randy Borders. He said, you want to get into rooms where you're the dumbest in the room or where you don't know anybody uh, because it pushes you to another level. It makes you become a thinker. Uh, and we haven't pushed our young people to think. Uh, it's easy to think on the basketball court because that's what you've done your whole life. 
But when you get right. into another setting, then you're going to have to take your mind to a whole other place and become uh, a greater person than you would normally be. So uh, I think it's I think it's imperative for kids to yeah. get plugged into those organizations. We talked a little bit about some of those challenges. Uh, you know, is it, can you single out any thing as being the the biggest challenge for an incoming freshman? I mean, even even before they get to campus, is there something that that you would like to uh, for them to know? Even you know, I mean, a lot of kids, you know, they've already decided. That particularly if they're athletes, they they've probably already signed and and you know they sure. they know where they're going to be next year as a freshman. You know, sure. what uh, sure. what message do you think is real important for them to hear in relation to you know um, uh, their their strong Christian character and their walk? On their on their new campus when they arrive. Sure, it's, I, I think um, one of the biggest things, and I teach a, a freshman one on one class, uh, and so the biggest thing for my in my freshman class, the biggest issue, the biggest problem for incoming freshmen is the transition from high school to college. Uh, it's the transition because you're no longer you no longer have your parents with you. Your parents are no longer waking you up. Your parents no longer make your lunch. Your parents no mm-hmm. longer uh, ask you about your grades. Uh, they're no longer there no more PTO meetings. They're not meeting with your teachers. You have to grow up in a span of a couple of months. And so you have to go from high school where your parents took care of everything to now you get into college where you got to take care of yourself. You got to go to the business office. You got to go and check on your finances. You got to go and get your books. You got to be responsible for your papers. You can't, I mean, you can call your parents and they're there for support. Uh, but the biggest thing is now planning out, being disciplined. That's the main thing. When they come here, like as for me, I was just so undisciplined in high school. Most of them, of course, being athletes, you know, you know, the day that we live in and you see everything that's going on with the NCAA uh, kids are given everything when they're phenomenal athletes but when you get to college I mean that professor that biology professor especially at small schools at academic schools that 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 biology professor, that English professor, that math professor, they don't care how many points you scored against the rival school in the state <laughs> championship. Uh, they want to know can you pass this test. They want to know are you, how are you gonna do on this exam. They want to know have you turned this paper in. And now instead of you hanging out all night with your friends, studying a little bit, going to pass the test, now you have to block off different times. I can't go here. I can't do this. That your biggest, I tell my incoming freshmen uh, when they come in, your biggest word is going to be no. Because you're going to always find a distraction. You're going to always find something to do. It's always going to be somebody to say, hey, man, let's go to Walmart. Hey, man, let's go down here and hang out. Uh, hey, man, let's play video games today. Hey, man, let's go down here and play cards. Here it is. Sometimes, as a basketball player, I know you want to work on your game. I know you want to go and get up shots. But sometimes you may need, you may need to be in your room and then just listen to the lecture that you're recording. And so that main thing is transitioning, learning how to plan, learning how to put things down on paper, write it down because you're not going to remember it. And so that that will smooth out some things uh, when you can uh, uh, when you can plan a little bit better and you're a little bit more disciplined, and that can help Absolutely. you with your transition. Yeah, absolutely. So, so I bet I bet you could go on and on about some examples, whether it's some Gardner Web students that you that you played alongside or maybe sure. some, some outstanding students at Erskine. But, you know, give me one example of a student, and you don't have to do names, but, but you know, that they were able to, to really walk the walk on campus. And they, they really were able to, man, people, when they, people looked at them, they said, 
you know, man, this this guy, this gal, you know, they they're about faith, man. They they are they're fine examples, good reflection of Jesus Christ. Man, when I first got to Gardner Webb, man, uh, when I was getting recruited, uh, of course you want to be the man and you want to gravitate to those guys that are uh, seem like they're cool, kind of doing what it is that you want to do. You're no longer in your parents' house. Uh, so I kind of tried to gravitate, but that, that I mean, you know, God will pull you in. But um, I say that to say it was this guy, man, and I can call his name, man. I still consider him a big brother. His name was Bruce Fields. He's actually, I don't know if Bruce is still playing overseas, man. I talk to him uh, maybe uh, once a month on Instagram, man. I don't talk to him as much as I would like to. But when I got to college, man, he saw me, and he knew uh, my background. We had, had discussions and conversations. Uh, and I, I'm telling you, even though I wanted to hang out with the group that wasn't good for me, I gravitated to him uh, because he was honest, he was real. And just like you said, man, this guy walked the walk, man. I'm talking mm-hmm. about like, uh, you know, he was popular on campus for the right reasons. Like he stood up for what he believed in. Uh, he wasn't trying to impress anybody. He was just himself at all times. And what I really loved about him is that he didn't hide his issues. He would say, man, I'm struggling in some areas, but I still love Jesus. I love Jesus enough to tell you my areas of, that I'm struggling in, and I'm, I love you enough to try to help you come out of your struggles. Uh, and so he just wow. exemplified Christ in the way he walked. I'm talking about it's because of him that I met uh, the minister, one of the ministerial mentors, Bishop Randy Borders, uh, out of uh, Shelby, North Carolina. He's the reason why I met him. Just one morning, he was like, Josh, you're coming to church with me. You know, I'm a church kid. I don't mind going to church. I uh, had to start looking for a church. Yeah, he said, you're going to church with me. After the first time visiting, I already knew that was my home. That's where I was going to go to church at for, for the next four years of my life. Uh, and I'm talking about just being transparent with his life, just being honest with people, telling, being able to tell them the good, the bad, and the ugly. And here it is, not judging them, though. Understanding that Josh has some issues, but I'm not just going to judge you with it. Uh, and, and even some things that he used to do is what I still do, what I do now in my life. I mean, if he saw somebody struggling, uh, this is a college student. Uh, he would just pray for the student, pray for the teacher. It doesn't matter where they were on campus. doesn't matter who they were in front of. And that's the same thing that I do now. I had a situation where a young man came to me the other day. He was telling me about some hardships. We was right in front of the cafeteria, in front of the line. Everybody was out there. I said, man, let's pray right now. We don't have next right. week. We may not have next month. We may not have next year. But we have this, this second right here. And so it was just, it was, it was that guy by the name of Bruce, Bruce Fields, man, that was just that example to show me that, hey, man, Jesus is cool, too. Because a lot of kids just don't think being a Christian is cool. Uh, but it right. doesn't matter what everybody else says. And we got to stop living. One thing that he taught me, too, we got to stop trying to live for the moment. You may be cool for the moment, but you want to be cool in eternity. You don't want to be hot because you don't, you don't want to go to hell. <laughs> so it's right. better to That's get right. it right now instead of, you, you know, we, we, we live for eternity. We don't live for right now. We live for eternity. And he gave me a, 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 a eternal outlook on things. What you do now uh, can cause you your future. Uh, and so it was that guy by the name of Bruce Fields, man, that had an amazing impact, man. And, uh, some of my brothers, even my brothers now that I talk to on a daily basis, a guy by the name of Michael Jones, uh, Paul Gash, Andre Manning. It was all of these guys uh, that were my best friends on a college campus 
that we came together as one. Uh, we held each other accountable. We had Bible studies in our apartment, even though we still had some things going on in our life. We still had some issues, but we pushed each other towards God, man. And to this day, mm-hmm. we still talk. We all talk every week. We still motivate each other. We still hold each other accountable. Uh, and it's because of those reasons, uh, I think. I am where I am because you surround yourself around the right. I've been talking with Josh Childs. Josh played basketball at Gardner-Webb University for four years and uh, various other positions. And now is currently at Erskine College where he works with students and student athletes. Yes, sir. uh, It was an honor. Bless you and, and everything that you have going on. Thanks for listening. Training for Godliness is a podcast program of Spiritual Fitness Ministries of Greenwood, South Carolina. You can find our website at spiritualfitnessministries.com and our blog at chaplaingray.blogspot.com. Remember, His faithful love endures forever. Until next time, this is Chaplain Gray.